0: Hello, and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. How you doing, Schwan?
1: Doing great. How about yourself?
0: Pretty good. Now, uh, just want to remind folks to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and check out my other podcast as well, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. So, Let's start with last Saturday's uh, one women's fight on the UFC show. It was uh, Viviani Araujo over um, Montana De La Rosa by unanimous decision. And this was at flyweight. Okay, so, um, so the thing about this fight is that Montana is known as a wrestler. Okay, but uh, in this fight, she tried to strike – with Viviani, and Viviani is a really good striker, okay? So um, I have an explanation for this. Would you like to hear it? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So as you know, the broadcasters have fighter meetings during fight week, right? To, you know, get updated on what the coaches are doing and stuff like that. So uh, the broadcasters, in this case, John Anik and Daniel Corvier they had a meeting with Montana and her coaches, which is um, uh, Christian Allen and, um, what the hell's his name, Richards, uh, from um, uh, um, Elevation in Colorado, in Denver. And Christian Allen is the key guy here because he's her actual coach. Okay, so he, he told Cormier and Anna that, you know, Montana, we've been working on her striking. We think Montana has really improved. And we want to emphasize this during the broadcast. And so uh, the reason I know that he told him that is because John Anik said that at the beginning of the fight. And then, did you watch? You must have watched the broadcast. What did you think of Cormier's commentary during the broadcast? Didn't he kind of go overboard?
1: I find him to kind of reasonably go overboard. I, I don't think he's a he's a he's a smart guy in certain aspects of it. He's he's got a kind of a personality, but as far as breaking things down. He seems to be a little hyperbolic, and in some aspects, he just doesn't know what he's talking about, especially in striking.
0: Yeah, and, and I thought in this case here, like, he kept saying – he kept trying to sell how, uh, how she's improving, Montana's improved in striking and all that sort of thing, and that's – I don't think she was very good at all. She looked, to me, uh, very uncomfortable.
1: Okay? So give me your take on that. With Daniel Cormier, w- even in his fight style, he, his fight style isn't really good striking if you watch it. It's, the footwork's not really good. He does not set stuff up. It's him being aggressive. It's him throwing hard. It's him taking shots and being able to walk through them.
0: Well, I'm not talking it, about that. I'm
1: talking about the fact that Christian Allen... Wanted- well, I, I, was, I, was just giving some, I was just giving some perspective on why he might have been pumping up Montella De La Rosa because it's very similar to what he does. It's a wrestler. Oh no, no, no! He's done that at other uh, at other times. I, I, know, I know, but it's he he It's it's a train of thought he follows. He he he's more of a long term idea instead of actually paying attention to the, the fundamental technique. What okay, happened with Montella right. Dela Rosa is her with co- it happens with all grapplers. They they're athletic. They're fairly tough minded. So then they start hitting the pads. They start sparring a little bit. They have some success. And a guy who's a who who emphasizes striking or who's an MMA coach. You want to put your stamp on the fighter. We already know she's a good wrestler and grappler. So if she goes on and wrestles and grapples, it doesn't give him as much of the props as he would like. It wouldn't set him up as really uh, evolving her. So wow. she goes to she goes to the striking. And I'm sure in training and in sparring, she's fine when people are holding back, when she's getting to work on what she needs to do. But the thing about it is she doesn't have an understanding of striking. And it, the main thing I tell grapplers when you're striking Learn how to defend first. If you can defend and parry and slip, you can get entries into clinches. You get entries into takedowns when those guys commit. But instead, she came out there trying to counter, trying to lead, trying to press, and she doesn't have the skills or the comfort with getting hit to maintain that. She gave her opponent the fight she wanted. Her opponent's gas tank is her weakness. And the way you expose that gas tank is forcing takedowns, forcing clinches, getting to the body. But if you're going to fight her at range in exchange, you're giving her the pace she wants. You're giving her the place she wants. You basically gave her a win that she should have had. It was just poor coaching, poor egotistical It was, was terrible.
0: It was just awful coaching. And it, it, it was even worse than that because uh, I thought that uh, Viviani won the first two rounds. The first one fairly easily. The second one, I think, was closer. But you know what they told her after round two? We think it's tied.
1: Well, That's well, what they told her. And MMA camps, this is this is popular. People don't believe when I tell this. They lie to their fighters. They will tell their fighters they're equal to somebody in a certain aspect. They'll tell them they're winning because if they're losing, they might mentally break the fighter. They'll avoid certain articles because it might mentally break the fighter. So a lot of fighters are being told wrong because their camps don't want them to lose confidence or don't want them to abandon the game plan, even if the game plan is wrong. There's nothing wrong with striking. What she should have done is strike, sit down and exchange so when – Vivian, Viviani Viviani returns it, fire then you drop change levels and you chase that takedown even if you don't get the takedown you drive her to the fence you start chopping at those legs you start chopping at that body by halfway through the second round she's gassed now you take over now you put it on her and then maybe later in fight but she didn't do it.
0: any of that yeah,
1: but yeah but th- that's what that's the way they should have done it but instead they wanted to put their stamp on Montana my they wanted to put a stamp on her and have her show the hands, show the technique, show the defensive awareness, and she doesn't have any of that. You can't pick no. that up in six months. You can barely pick that up in a year. He should have done something that yeah. put her right in the wheelhouse, which was getting her back to the wrestling and grappling, use the striking to set it up, not try to strike exclusively. By the time she tried the takedowns, it was too late. Yeah, I think her coaches
0: gave way that fight.
1: Yeah, they did, and that, I, said on, I said on Twitter, someone got paid to come up with that strategy, and it was terrible. It was it's Christian like, Allen. It was Christian yeah. Allen. He, he got paid for that. And it's like he's never seen Viviani fight. It's like he has no idea of what his fighter is capable of. I'm, I understand evolving them, but you don't make huge steps in one or two months or six months. It takes time. And he was in a rush. He rushed the process and he cost her a win and he cost her moving up in the rankings. And it was a bad, really embarrassing loss to me. It was, it was embarrassing. It was never close. It was one sided. And she was just walking in the shot. She had no answers. Those she had no leg answer. kicks. Those leg kicks, eh? Yeah. It, it was terrible. It it was just and I feel bad for her because she's better than that. He didn't yeah. do right by her with that game plan.
0: Yeah, that that's the whole deal. But was, this was all about you know the fighter meeting, right?
1: That's how it all started.
0: Ridiculous. Anyway, let's go on to this Saturday's this UFC show where we have four count of four women's fights on the show. And we're also gonna talk about uh next Tuesday's Tuesday night contender series. There's so a fight on there too. Okay, so the main event on this show is a strawweight It's Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. And the way this became a five round main event is uh, Glover Texera came down with COVID 19. And so they were supposed to be the co main event. And um, I, I think I mentioned to you when they announced that they were doing this, my major concern about this fight, and I think that's what it's going to be, is going to be a 25 minute snooze fest. Okay, because, uh, you know, Angela Hill, she doesn't do enough. She even admitted this. She says in her last fight where she lost by split decision to uh, Claudia Gadelia. Okay, she even admitted that she just hasn't been doing enough and she needs to be more aggressive. And I don't know if she'll do that. Michelle's a good is still a good fighter, even if she's undersized. And another, uh, my buddy Aaron Bronstein from TSN, has the stat that Michelle Waterson has never lost to a fighter older than her. And Angela Hill is one year older than her. So there's that too. But you know, they're going to have to pace themselves. So I just have a bad feeling about this fight being boring. Okay? So that's my main concern. Who do I think will win? I like Michelle because Angela Hill has not shown me that she can beat a good fighter. She can beat Mediocre fighters, but she can't beat a good fighter. And she hasn't done it yet. If you go back on her record, you can see she's never beaten anybody good. She's beaten, you know, mid, lower mid-card fighters. Okay.
1: Uh well, to be fair, neither one of them has has had the biggest wins over high quality fighters. Uh, Michelle's beaten the better competition, but she she's yes. she's really struggled against people with a certain, her, her struggles have become what people who have size advantages which is everybody that's why all her fights are like close decision fights she and her biggest issue is to come when she's face fighters who are better athletes than her which angela hill is the thing the concern for me is, is I, I have concerns on two sides on one side will michelle waterson hold up, her body hold up like where she's able to competitively push the pace and look for opportunities to finish because she doesn't take a great shot and physically you can't bully her and manhandle her. I still remember when Rose Namajunas kicked her in the face. It's like somebody shot her in the head. She dropped so fast. And I remember how jo- 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 Joanna Jim Jadrick busted her up and she's not even a big power puncher. She throws a lot of volume, but she's not a power puncher, but she really, she really worked uh Watterson over and Hill isn't as busy as her. And she's not, as, and maybe she's not as skillful as Rose Namajunas, but as far as athleticism, physical strength, She's she's comparable, and she can do some damage to somebody who should be fighting at atom weight. The concern well, for I, Hill, I, I, go ahead, go
0: ahead. I, I think the concern about about Michelle is one of the reasons why I think it's going to be uh, a lot of dancing around.
1: Yeah, well, it's, that's that's the, and that's a favorite. That's a concern I have for Angela Hill in five rounds. I don't know that Michelle Waterson holds up well with, with punishment under five rounds. I don't know that Angela Hill can be disciplined and even decent. Defensively for five rounds. Her biggest issue is in every fight she goes into. On paper, nine times out of ten, she's a bigger athlete. She's better. She hits harder. She's a better striker. And yet, she consistently either gets stymied by lesser strikers, taken down and, and controlled by lesser athletes, or gets in these heavy exchanges. Or she does. Or when she, she faces people of comparable athleticism, she doesn't have the good sense to use her skills. She gets in exchanges with people who are better athletes than her. It's like she doesn't have any sort of consistency in her game
0: that it's allows her to. Fight. It's a yeah, fight
1: IQ that allows her to navigate things. She's always gives somebody a way to win. Even when she fought Claudia, she was uh, tag, tearing off, t- teeing off on Claudia. But because she hasn't worked on her defense, for every three shots she landed, Claudia landed a clean, hard, powerful shot in between them, which got the judges, which got the judges' opinion. So, can you tell me that for five rounds she's going to fight a clean fight? Probably not. No. And Michelle Waterson isn't dynamic. She's not great technically, but what she is, is opportunistic. And if you can't Force a pace, or you can't impose your will on her. She'll find an area where she gets a quick takedown and steals around. Where she lands a flurry of shots and steals around, or when she snatches a submission and steals around. Now she doesn't have the horsepower to enforce it, but she's definitely got the headiness, the toughness, and the fight IQ to snatch it if presented. She did it against she did it against Paige VanZant, who's a comparable, if not better, athlete than Angela Hill. So it the, the fact is, Hill doesn't fight mistake free, and Hill fights in a manner that essentially makes her striking offense null and void because she can't get out of the way of any sort of shots coming back. So it's really a matter of, is Hill's athleticism and striking offense going to overwhelm Watterson, or is Watterson's heart and her IQ going to allow her to hang in long enough to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat? feet? Yeah, I like Michelle in this fight. Pretty much uh, Angela
0: Hill has to show that she's learned her lesson about being busier. And I yeah.
1: don't think she has. You know, honestly, she, has. Honestly, if she if she keeps it low, low low volume, but she punishes the legs and she punishes the body. She doesn't have the high high volume. But once again... she she throw kicks at all? Uh, Not a lot. But once again, that's an IQ IQ thing. Michelle Watterson can't take two rounds of leg kicks from Angela Hill. She can't take two rounds of body punches or body kicks from Angela Hill. But will Angela Hill do that? It's always the question. Will she do what it takes? She's got all the physical tools. Just none of the... She doesn't seem to have the consistency or the maturity or the poise to execute. But all the talent. okay.
0: All right, let's go on to the next one, also on the main card. The flyweight is Andrea Lee versus Roxanne Montefiore. Now, these two have faced each other before in Invicta. Uh, Roxanne won that fight. If I remember correctly, Andrea came in on short notice for that fight. And I I favor Roxanne in this because Andrea Lee is another one who, her calling card is sex appeal and charisma because, as a fighter, she just doesn't do enough. She's She's lost her last two fights by split decision, both of them. And if you're losing by split decision, or even if you're winning by split decision, it means you're not doing enough to win fights. And, you know, Roxanne is not a great fighter, but I think she's better than Anguille. Hello?
1: Yeah. yeah. Ro- the. The thing with Andrew Lee is, Angeli isn't terrible, but she's very limited as a fighter. She's not a bad athlete. She's she, I think she's physically gotten stronger. Even in their first fight, if I remember, it wasn't a one, one-sided one beating in favor of Montefiore. It was fairly competitive. But the thing about Angelie is her skill set is so shallow. She knows that it's, it's like if you go for a takedown, she knows how to stuff it or counter it initially. But if you chain another takedown, she has no answer. She knows how to get her strikes off, and she knows what strikes she want to use. But if you change your rhythm or you up your volume and you don't let her have a sense of comfort it's like her defense and her vo- and her her striking offense just gets really sloppy gets really messy gets really inaccurate and so there's not much you have to do to throw her off on the the only concern i have against Mata Ferry is Mata Ferry, she's gotten better she's she can transition from her grappling to her striking her striking to her grappling her wrestling's much better she's more of an imposing fighter now she's more of a punishing fighter but because her striking's got better she's willing to engage in what is her weakest realm more times than not. And if she does that, she's giving Lee the best chance to win that fight. There's lots of instances where Broxy has had Brock somebody or hurt somebody, and instead of going for that takedown or grinding up in the clinch, she's continuing to exchange when she has a clear opportunity to get the advantage. So I she, wonder she, how she's somebody,
0: she, she's somebody for as long as she's been around, still has that low fight IQ.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's like she's a she's the smartest and I mean this is a compliment, she's the smartest low IQ fighter you will ever see. And with her veteran skills, she should she shouldn't make mistakes. And the worst part is because she's so limited as an athlete, it doesn't take much to get a lead on her and it takes a whole lot of energy for her to catch back up in a fight. So if for some reason Lee comes out gunning and catches her early, rocks her, puts her on her heels, she all she has do do, all, I know I know she she won't, but all she has to do is play it safe because Roxy is really has a hard time turning fights around because she doesn't have the athleticism. And right now I, her durability, Lauren Murphy dropped her. Lauren Murphy doesn't drop anybody. She didn't, she didn't drop anybody when she was fighting flyweight. When she was I, think
0: what, flyweight. I, I think what
1: I'd like to see Roxanne do on this fight is take her down because she has no ground.
0: Uh,
1: Andrea has no ground game. I would like to see her take it down, but I don't know that she's as willing to do that. It seems like she's willing to like when she fought Lauren Murphy, I know Lauren Murphy's a better wrestler, but she could have taken Lauren Murphy down. She really pushed for it. For some reason, she got into exchanges with her. For what? And then you got dropped by Lauren Murphy. I'm sorry. Lauren Murphy isn't a power puncher. How does she drop you? That makes me wonder about her, her durability, her ability to recover. And she's mm-hmm. already not a great athlete. Now, skill-wise, it's all Roxy. Physicality-wise, it's all Roxy. Um, experience-wise, it's all Roxy. But given the fact that I think she's physically declining and her, her, her fight IQ isn't always consistent, I think this, this two years ago, this wouldn't be a dangerous fight. Now, it's a pick fight. I'll, I'll favor Roxy, but it's still, if, if she goes the other way, I won't be shocked. How, how could I possibly shock? Andrea Lee is the favorite, by the way. I can see that.
0: Okay. I, I would not make her the favorite. I just don't think she does enough to win fights. Like, I guess what? She might win her third split decision. She might lose her third split decision in a row. It could happen. Okay? When your fights are that close, there's something wrong.
1: Yeah, it, it, the thing is, she's, she's so low volume, and she's not a big enough athlete to where every time she hits somebody, like Claudia Gedalia will go low volume, but Claudia Gedalia a big hitter. Andrea Lee doesn't have any power to level it out, so then she can't even really scare people off. But like I said, my concern is, Mata Ferry doesn't catch like she used to, and she never took a really good punch. So any day could be the day when she gets hit, and she gets, I mean, you get dropped by Lauren Murphy. It's not far for me to think that you can get dropped by Andrea Lee. It probably won't happen. I, I can't. I can't dismiss it. She doesn't throw
0: her. Anyway, let's go on to the next one. It is at flyweight. It is Sabina Mazo versus Justine Kish. And Sabina is originally from Columbia. She trains now at Kings MA in Huntington Beach, California. She's also been hanging around a lot with Precipice. Also, and uh, she was an LFA champ. She was known for her head kicks. Uh, she hasn't done that yet in the UFC I think she's like uh, two and one or something like that uh, Justine has actually been in the UFC for quite a while but she's had a lot of injury problems yeah. uh, she, she's billed as uh, being from St. Petersburg, Russia but she was adopted she grew up in North Carolina she trains at uh, Black House in uh, Los Angeles uh, and um, uh, she was in uh, supposed to be in tough 20 and she had knee surgery so she really wasn't in it um to me, she's like a mid... They're both mid-card fighters at this point, but Sabina, because she's younger, probably has a better upside.
1: Okay, so I kind of favor her. What about you? Um, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Justin Key. She's another fighter who has great physical tools, who's got great durability, physically strong, explosive. And it's just like she's unable to make the right decision it's like she's leaned so heavily on her athleticism that she's never really developed an all-round fighting style even in her grappling she she gets she allows herself to get in bad positions and instead of avoiding bad positions she gets in and out athletes her way out she'll get taken out she'll explode back to her feet she gets stuck in a submission she'll power her way out and it's the same way on the feet she gets hit with a shot she'll just throw a flurry back or she'll just grab a clinch and try to tee off on you there's not a lot even though she's skilled there's not a lot of nuance or subtlety in what she does. It's just so obvious, which takes away from the impact of her athleticism. Against Mazo, Mazo, to me is a little bit more disciplined. Seems like she'll stick to a jab. She'll build off her strikes. She'll establish a jab. She'll start throwing the right hand. She'll follow up with kicks and knees, counter knees. She'll defend and take down and punish you. There seems to be more of a structure and more of an attention to detail in how she fights. Let me ask you this. What do you think about her training? Side? Uh, say it again? What do you think about her training with Chris Cyborg? I, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of Cyborg, but I, I think any woman who's training with her, I think that benefits her. Cyborg has some yeah. really good sparring partners. She has some really good trainers. And just getting to spar with her and feel that physicality, it prepares you for whatever you're going to face from anybody else. I, I can yeah. almost guarantee that Kish isn't going to bully her. So I, I think that helps <laughs> to have a mentor to kind of guide you through this a little bit. I think that really helps her. It's um, one of the reasons I like her in this fight. I just think she's got tools. Yeah, she's she's got she's she's comparable athlete athlete. She's got more tools and she's defensively aware. So she's techn- she's basically a smarter fighter. And to be honest, Justin Keys has never been consistent because she's never been able to consistently get in the cage. So you never know what well, she to get from that. I thought she's had a lot of problems. Sort of Say it again. She's had a lot of problems with injuries yeah. and that sort of thing. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So it's like you coming in and out, in and out, you can't really get on a roll. You can't, I mean, even if you're coming back from being hurt, how, how focused can you be on developing your skill set when you're constantly coming back from injuries, whether they're, they're severe or minor? How, how much can you really improve? And I, I really haven't seen a ton of improvement from her. Well, do you, uh, I think, uh, you know, with Sabina, I think maybe it takes a couple of fights to get comfortable. Do so you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said, because like, like we always talk about, you go from facing these regional people to to be, better athletes, more durable fighters, more skilled fighters. So you take a period of adjustment. But um, I think they've moved her along pretty well as far as who she's fought. I mean, she hasn't fought great fighters, but, you know, she fought Moroz who's experienced. She fought Dodson, and Dodson wasn't greatly skilled at that point, but Dodson was at least someone who was a comparable or superior athlete. And then she fought Aldrich, and Aldrich once again isn't a great athlete, but she's very seasoned. She's very savvy. She's a very busy fighter. So she's faced different styles and faced durable fighters who aren't who aren't quick to give up. So she's used to resistance. I don't know that yeah. I and, and just in case you're probably thinking I'm a veteran, I can just break this kid. I I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think she's going yeah, to break so. her I don't think so either.
0: Okay, the last fight came together very interesting. That, uh, bantamweight It's Julia Avila Versus Sajara Eubel. So The way this came together Last week Sajari was supposed to fight uh, Carol Rosa and Carol got sick uh, Julia uh, Was at one point supposed to fight Nico Montano and Nico got COVID-19 And they rescheduled the fight And Nico dropped out So they decided to put this together And um, I'll just say right off the top I see no way. She is a much better fighter Sajara, okay? And I don't think it's close.
1: Okay. Yeah, the, the, Sajara, Sajara, unfortunately, the, the, Sajara dropped weight for a reason because at a lower weight, her physical strength and her explosiveness, her athleticism, her fight changes. At that weight class, when she hit people, they backed off. She scared them off. When she went to the body, people started gassing really quick. She could throw people off. She could get control better because she could physically dominate people. At Bantamweight, yeah, but you, you, she, could
0: even, you could even see on the
1: show Tough 26, she could not Oh yeah, yeah. No, you can see it coming. But at bantamweight, she her power doesn't carry. Even if she can get secure positions on the ground, she can't maintain them because she she's too yeah. small. And the worst part is she can't fight at any sort of pace. If you can, if she can slow the pace of a fight. Then yes, she can she can win. But the fact of the matter is she doesn't have the power nor the cardio to slow the pace of a fight. And facing somebody like Avia, who to me is like. A younger version of a or a more raw version of juliana pena at this stage she's athletic she's busy she's a bully she's willing to take chances to win i don't know how so i really can like, her. I yeah. really oh, like she's, her she's got star potential she fights in a very exciting manner and the, the, the only win- thing
0: they've had with her they, they've, they've had trouble putting together fights for her she's
1: okay.
0: the,
1: the, the way she fights I, I i wouldn't be trying to put in a, a prospect with her either because she's well,
0: she just, no. What they were, what they were trying to do, they were trying to match up with, uh, a couple of fighters and kind of injuries and the pandemic got in the way and that sort of thing. Like uh, she was supposed to fight Carol Rosa a couple of times, and Carol got got, uh, got injured or something like that. So the, the, they
1: just had trouble getting her. So, so, I'm not going to say these people weren't injured, but sometimes I wonder when. Last times you'll hear somebody they fought a big money fight and they'll be like, "I came in that fight really injured." So if it was a money fight, you would take it if you came in, even if you were compromised. Uh, Conor McGregor's done it, Chad Mendes done it, lots of guys have done it. But when it's not a money fight and it's it's a per- person who hasn't become a star yet, fighters all of a sudden don't want to take those same chances because there's nothing on the line except a win or a loss. There's no title, there's no money. I'm not saying they weren't hurt, but if she was more, she was a legitimate draw who could who could draw in big money and get you big money, people would. I think a lot of people would fight through certain injuries or they wouldn't mention them because they want that payday with her. It's a risk because of the nature of how she fights. Technically, defensively, she's a little wild and you can get her if you hit hard enough. But the fact is she's got a very good chance. She fights at a very high pace. So once you start getting tired, she really just goes to town on you. And when you're tired, your defense goes out the window. So you, you you could really take a beating. And if you're not at the right kind of fighter or you're, you're not at the right stage of your career, that could be a career-altering beating. So I could see why a lot of fighters will pick their spots in fighting.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, she's basically undefeated. Her record is one. Her only loss was when she broke her finger 30 seconds in a second
1: of fight. Okay, that's her only loss to date. So...
0: Yeah. I've had my eye on her for a while.
1: The thing is, she's in a weight class where physically there's not somebody who can match her very much in pace or athleticism. Yeah. But... The, once again, I'd still like to see her defense get a little bit cleaner, and I like to see a little bit more structure when she gets into extended yeah. exchanges. I don't
0: think she'll have any trouble with
1: Sajaro. Uh, Sajaro, mm, uh, Sajaro Land. I just don't know that Sajara can hurt her. I mean, uh, yeah. Sajaro a counterfighter, and if she was a bigger hitter, I, I'd be concerned because if he is there, if is there to be hit, everybody hits her clean. But she's also yeah. got a So, yeah, I, I, you know,
0: I fans don't understand why fighters cut weight sometimes. Sajara's case, she's just not very good at bantamweight. And if she stayed at bantamweight and didn't try to drop to, to flyweight, she never waited, would have made it to the UFC because she's not good enough, you know. Uh, so that's all I really have to say about that. She, I don't like her at, at bantamweight. Okay, at clearly all. you do not. I just don't think she she loses the at, at flyweight. She if she could make the weight. Okay, and listen, a lot, she could have made that weight. You hire a nutritionist, for God's sakes. Okay, that's what nutritionists are supposed to do. It was important that she make that weight because, as a phantom weight, she's not good enough. And it, it, sometimes there's a difference when fighter. some fighters, there's a difference, some fighters, there isn't a difference. In her case, it's a big difference. Okay, anyway. Let's get to uh, there's a fight on the Tuesday night Contender Series this Tuesday, all right? It's at featherweight. How about that? Stunning. Okay, it is Danielle Wolf versus Tanesha Tennant. Okay, so <laughs> Danielle Wolf is a boxer. She was a Olympic boxer. She has, uh, I think, her record in boxing, pro boxing, something like twenty seven and fourteen. And this is her MMA debut. Uh, How yeah. about that? And she's training at uh, Alliance in San Diego, Eric Del Fiero. Okay. She's a big un. She's five foot 11. Okay. Okay. Tanisha Tennant uh, is from New York City. Uh, she won, uh, you know, those stupid one night tournaments that Invicta does? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she won in March. She won one of those tournaments. But the problem is, she's a bantamweight. She's never fought at featherweight, so obviously there's a big size difference. Here, okay, Danielle is five foot eleven. Tanisha is five foot seven. So there's a big size difference. Here. But obviously, the wild card here is that Danielle has never fought in the day before.
1: Okay, so are you familiar with her at all? uh not much i mean just in passing I, I, I haven't women even though i watch a lot of women's boxing it's not something i'm super invested in just because the fights are so uneven unevenly matched worse than mma is so unevenly matched
0: but here's the thing the reason so why would somebody like that who has done a lot of boxing, lot of
1: boxing why would she want to convert oh, by the way she was supposed to have MMA fight two years ago there's so there's really not a really lot hard. there's not a lot of money in women's boxing Really That's not. it. That's Al- it. So Al- f- Heather she's
0: still complaining. Yeah, the the so fans don't understand that the money is so bad when it's boxing that you know it's tempting to try MMA. The problem is, for the most part, a lot of these boxers aren't any good at MMA. Like Heather just mentioned, Heather Hardy, perfect example. She was awful, you know. And and um, the only one we've seen who's been that good. She's not that great is Holly Holm. Well, she right? wasn't a great boxer.
1: She's a terrible boxer.
0: Yeah, but she's not. She's about the same at MMA. It's just that she kind of got lucky, right?
1: She yeah, no. in the right
0: place at the right time. But, but she's not a but, good boxer. But she's the only one who's really been successful. Name me another boxer who switched to MMA, at least in, in the women's side. Name me another uh, female boxer who switched to MMA who's been any good at it. Most of them haven't been good at it. No. And so... No. It's a wild cut, right? So, I mean, the size difference is so ridiculous, right? And, and uh, Tanisha is a is a uh, a uh, a She's actually a pretty good bit, but you know, I don't know what they're looking for here. I guess we're gonna find out. Uh,
1: so, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe she's good, but I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, you could always have the chance that the MMA fighter takes it for granted and gets sloppy and gets caught. But uh, most likely this is going to be uh, one side. if the other person gets grappled and wrestled and submitted.
0: Ooh, could very well be. Anyway, that's for next Tuesday. Uh, for uh, Saturday's fights, I'll have them all up on my blog on Sunday morning uh, once I can get it downloaded and everything. And that's at uh, frankp16.blogspot.com.
1: Do uh, you have anything else you want to bring up? uh not really just to uh plug my other podcast mma ratings podcast I have a new episode that came out on tuesday okay great no problem everybody check that out okay again if you have any
0: questions or comments for my uh either my podcast or my blog you can leave them in anchor's voicemail and if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast you can do so at podcast apple podcast and spotify enjoy the fights we'll talk to you later